You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett and David Johnson. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. We're both right for the Ole Miss Spirit, OldMissSpirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. And today's guest on Talk of Champions is Ole Miss Athletics Director Keith Carter coming up on the Modern Woman phone line here in just a little bit. David, what's up, man? How you doing? Well, marching closer toward... A big-time kickoff Saturday in Tuscaloosa. The theme coming out of the uh, locker room this week is it's business as usual, but we all know it's not. There's a lot more at stake than uh, business as usual Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Now, I certainly get it in terms of preparation for the Tide. Yeah, you've got to take that as business as usual. They're just any other opponent. And, you know, you're playing against yourself. You're preparing against yourself this week. And I totally get that. But, you know, to try to paint this as any other ball game, it's just not being um, totally honest about the situation. There's so much riding on this. And we we all know what that is. Um, And, um, you know, let's just hurry up and get there and kick this thing off. You went out to practice on Tuesday, saw him do a little bit of jumping jacks and some stretching. Best jumping jack stretching team you ever saw, right? No, second best, second best. That 2015 team was probably the best in terms of jumping jacks. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, I can't say this. I don't think we're going to see Jake Springer play Saturday. Uh, that's just my hunch. They could be hiding it very well. But uh, I don't believe Jake Springer will be available on Saturday. Um, not even sure he'll be available next week for the Arkansas game. Uh, 
we won't know that for sure until we see them, you know, walk out of the tunnel for pregame Saturday and see who's in street clothes and see who's in uniform. But my hunch is no Jake Springer on Saturday for the Ole Miss defense. It makes the move of Keyjohn Smith from cornerback to safety that much more important in the offseason. He's held up pretty well out there. Yeah, Keydron Smith has played really, really good. And, you know, Ben, we could see that coming all the way from the start of fall camp. He had one of the best fall camps of anybody, and he has plugged in well to the back end of that defense. And uh, he's going to have to play well on Saturday. All 11 guys on that field are going to have to play well Saturday. It's going to be a – this is a tough, tough chore. Um, both sides of the ball. Everybody's got to bring their E-game. As far as matchups are concerned, what are you most paying attention to in this game? You know, I'm going to pay attention to how Ole Miss handles the Alabama pass rush on the edges. Uh, I think they're going to be okay up the gut on that offensive line in terms of protection. Um, Alabama's got three, four, maybe five future NFL edge rushers that uh, Jeremy James and Nick Broker are going to have to contend with because – as we talked about on Tuesday's podcast, neither one of us expect Alabama to go, you know what, we're scared, so we're going to play a drop eight zone coverage all game and let Ole Miss gut us with their ground game. That is not what's going to happen over there. Um, and there are some people pushing that narrative that since Arkansas had success against Ole Miss last year with the drop eight, that's got to be what Alabama's going to do. No, it doesn't got to be that. Because if you're Alabama, you look around and you go, you know what? We've got the athletes on the back end of our defense to run with these Ole Miss receivers. I mean, the recruiting rankings certainly say that. Everybody in the DB room is a four-star or former five-star. So what I expect Alabama to do is, is to lock in man-to-man -man coverage for most of the game on Ole Miss. At least they're going to try to do it and see how it works. And if they can do it, it allows them to keep everybody in the box. It allows them to come with a whole lot of different blitz packages and things like that in an effort to try to harass Matt Corral. Um, but to me, I think that's going to end up being one of the keys is can the Ole Miss offensive line keep, keep Matt Corral's jersey clean? Uh, because I don't think Alabama's planning on setting back playing zone coverage. And I think they're going to bring the kitchen sink. Ole Miss has like 84 guards and one true tackle in Jeremy James. Why is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's harder to find those tackles, man. Um, you know, the game nowadays, what you're looking for is a basketball player with football girth to play those tackle positions. And those guys are harder to find. There just aren't that many six-foot-six, 330-pound human beings on this earth that, you know, have feet like um, Michael Jordan. And, um, you know, that's why, you know, when you look at the Ole Miss O-line, and you're right, there's plenty of depth on the interior. They can move some guys around, whatever they need to do. They've got, they've got depth at the guard positions and at center. But the tackle positions, I'm not sure about the depth behind Jeremy James and Nick Broker because we really haven't seen it. And, um, you know, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you're hoping you really don't see that this year, that, that Broker and James stay healthy. And as you mentioned earlier, 
you know, broker really and truly probably is NFL position is at the guard spot, yeah. not at the tackle spot. Uh, Jeremy James is um, one of those guys that could, could play all five positions on the offensive line in the NFL. And that, that really makes his stock soar when it comes time for him in that 2023 draft. Um, but getting back to your original question, yeah, watch, watch Alabama's rush off the edge. See if they're able to get to Macarrell. See if Nick Broker and Jeremy James are able to uh, to sustain that, as well as the running backs. Can they pick up the odd guy from the blitz? I mean, I think that's going to be a big part of the game as well. So, uh, you know, and if Alabama starts, starts uh, you know, bringing the kitchen sink, you're going to see Ole Miss go to to a shortened and a, and a quick passing game. But you got to look at it like this too, Ben. I mean, if Alabama can can get to Matt Corral, that helps eliminate the deep threat of the Ole Miss passing game because he's not going to have as much time for things to develop down the field. So if you're looking for a key, I'd look at that, Alabama pass rush versus the Ole Miss offensive line. Yeah, it's not a knock on Nick Broker either because Nick Broker's been really good. You and I have talked to enough people in terms of the next level in NFL scouts, this, that, and the other. And they all pretty much agree there's a consensus that Nick Broker is an interior offensive lineman. Now at Ole Miss in college, he's held up as a left tackle. But sometimes if you watch him, if you really keep your eyes on Nick Broker, he does look like a right tackle at best, if not interior guard, playing left tackle sometimes in terms of just the general overall play, play in and play out. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And if you and I sat back and figured that out, uh, Pete Golding and the Alabama <laughs> defense has too. Yeah. And, you know – I'm telling you, that's an area to hone in on on Saturday. It's it's going to be a, a, a big day for Nick Broker, a big challenge for Nick Broker. And, and not just Nick, for everybody up front, yeah. um, including Jeremy James on the other side, whom I think is the best offensive lineman on the Ole Miss team and one of the best in the Southeastern Conference. Look, it's Alabama. Again, they have four or five rush-ins. We're going to be playing in the NFL, making millions of dollars one day. That's what you're up against on Saturday. Um, so, you know, if you're asking me for a key, that's one of the things I'll be honing in on from the get-go over there Saturday is how the Ole Miss offensive line is holding up. Tell me this. Skill position-wise, who would it most benefit for Ole Miss if Alabama does as you think they might and play predominantly man-to-man? You know, that's harder to answer than if we were talking about if they played predominantly zone because, you know, if somebody is locked into man coverage on you, it's going to come down to the individual effort. Um, you know, in terms of there's not much, you know exactly what's going on if they're playing man in terms of scheme. you got to beat the guy. And, um, you know, yeah, maybe Braylon Sanders, but Alabama's got guys that can run with Braylon Sanders. They, they can run with any receiver on the Ole Miss team. So maybe you start looking at, uh, you know, things you can do to kind of open that up. Maybe some, some quick stuff, some deacon dunk stuff, uh, some things out there on the sideline in the open field where you can juke and make a guy miss maybe. Alabama doesn't miss too much. I mean, you know, this man-to-man is athlete on athlete. Who's got the better athlete? Who's going to make the play? All right, let's play a round of buy or sell. Get 
Tom Brady returns to New England for the biggest game of the year, and the stakes have never been higher at my bookie. Whether you're backing the Bucks or the Pats this Sunday, the game is always more exciting when I've got money on it at my bookie. Get on the action and take this game to a whole new level at my bookie. Both teams are sporting top defenses, and nobody knows each other better than Brady and Belichick. Slow and steady will win this race. Smart money bets the under. Don't wait around. Join my bookie now and bet on the biggest game of the season. Use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, and double your first deposit. Again, that's promo code TOC for Talk of Champions to get double your first deposit with my bookie and start your winning season today. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Have you ever wondered what you're going to do for retirement or if you're ever actually going to be able to retire? If so, give my friend Thomas Chandler at Modern Woodman a call. Thomas specializes in retirement and investment planning and loves helping people plan for their dream. And Modern Woodman offers anything you could possibly need from mutual funds to employee benefits to college savings plans and even a 1% guaranteed annuity. Give Thomas a call at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. And start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman. All right, David, to get started here on Buyer's Sell, the over-under, I'm looking at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Ole Miss is 14.5-point underdogs against Alabama this weekend. The over-under is 80 points. Are you buying or selling 80 points? I think it's the highest point total in the SEC this week. Yeah, I'm buying. Buying hard on that one, huh? I'm buying. I'm buying. I mean, you could easily see this being a 42-38 game, 45-38 game. You know, any combination thereof that puts you over 80, I'm buying. Greg McElroy, he's kind of going along with the line here, 14 and a half. He says he'd be surprised if Alabama doesn't win by two touchdowns or so. You buying or selling that? I haven't decided. Um, and I am seriously contemplating. Uh, look, I take when, when we do the fearless forecast, I take it seriously. I try to play this thing out in my mind. I'm beginning to do that. I started to do that on Monday. Uh, I'm just not at a point right now that I can buy or sell that just yet um you know to be honest with you you know if i got a lean right now i'm probably leaning towards uh vegas being right on the money in terms of how this will play out but uh but i'm not done contemplating yet i gotta see what i arrive to on friday morning Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral has emerged as the betting favorite to win the heisman trophy at u.s sportsbooks ahead of Ole Miss's trip to alabama on saturday He's plus 160, followed closely by Bryce Young at plus 200. Buy or sell, Matt Corral is the betting favorite right now to win the Heisman. Ask me at about 6 o'clock Saturday afternoon. You got to do it now. Yeah, I'm buying it right now. And I hope I'm buying the hell out of it (laughs) at 6 o'clock Saturday evening. (laughs) I got to tell you, really and truly, you know, Matt could go over there and throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns and lose the game, and it damages his Heisman hopes more so than him going over there throwing for 150 yards and two touchdowns and winning the game. God, so stupid, isn't it? It is. It's a popularity contest in a lot of ways, and Ole Miss has got to have a signature win to go along with Matt Corral's Heisman campaign, which, by the way, I have reason to be, to be under the belief Ole Miss plans no specific Heisman campaign for Matt Corral. They're not going to do anything more than what they're doing now is what I was told in terms of graphics and things like that. So 
You remember back when all those Deuce for Heisman stickers? Still got one. Now? Yeah. Well, if somebody makes them, it's going to be a fan. Does that surprise you, though, really? If you think about it, Louisville and Lamar Jackson won, or Texas A&M when Johnny Manziel won. Do they really do those kind of campaigns anymore? I, you know, that's the thing. Did it surprise me? Yeah. But then when you sit there and think about it, man, we live in a different world than we did back when yeah. Deuce or Eli was uh, trying to get pushed for a Heisman, where, you know, I was sitting in a newspaper office and every day I would open an envelope from some school with some little trinket in it, you know, pushing pushing somebody for the Heisman Trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but that's not how things are done anymore. Yeah. According to Caesar Sportsbook, Corral and Bryce Young are co-favorites at plus 180 to win the award. That's what I was going to say. It feels like Bryce Young and Matt Corral are right now the clear 1-2 and two or 1A and 1B as far as early favorites for the Heisman. I'm just trying to figure out who they're competing with right now. Spencer Rattler would be an obvious candidate, but the numbers just don't back that up. Oh, I don't know who they're – The yeah. numbers don't back it up. Yeah. He's on a bad Oklahoma team. And, and you know, for Oklahoma – uh, Oklahoma standards, but you know, we've seen what name recognition can do for you. A la Jason white so many years ago, uh, you know, beating out Eli and, uh, Larry Fitzgerald for that Heisman trophy. Mm. Um, so it, does it matter about the school you play for? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. It does. That's why Ole Miss, I think has to have a, a quote unquote signature victory this year for Matt to be able to sustain himself in the Heisman race, that opportunity presents itself Saturday. That's part of what is on the line for Ole Miss football Saturday. Buy or sell. If Eli beats LSU in 2003, and they had Nick Saban on the Peyton and Eli Monday night football broadcast on Monday, Mm -hmm. and Eli brought it up. He said, you got the big one in 2003, and that that still hurts. I'm not going to lie. Buy or sell. If he wins that game, he wins that Heisman. Buy because that would have put Ole Miss in Atlanta under a big spotlight, uh, would have put Ole Miss in a, in a bigger bowl. Um, yeah, buy it. I'm buying. Okay. Makes me feel better. Or worse. I can't decide. Let's be honest. Okay. If there is one guy who should not have won the Heisman Trophy, <laughs> it's Jason White from Oklahoma <laughs> that year. Come on, man. Yeah. I could sleep better at night if Larry Fitzgerald had won that trophy. Same! Jason White? Are you kidding me? I've never gotten over it. I've never gotten over it. I don't even think he was drafted. You know what's crazy? Is I remember, speaking how everything's changed completely, I remember we were on the road, me and my family. It was around Christmas time because that's when the Heisman comes out. And we were listening on the radio to the announcement to see where Eli finished. Can you imagine that? That's 2003. Yeah, 17, 18-year-old Ben said some things when that happened. Yeah, that was disappointing. But, you know, that just goes to show, to illustrate, we live in a different world now. I mean, so while Ole Miss is not planning a special Heisman campaign for Matt Corral, they don't have to anymore. They just don't have to. I mean, you accomplish it all with one tweet, you know? One graphic, one tweet. And, um, you know, all football is local now, you know? And, uh, and what I mean is, I mean, I could sit here in my living room on a Saturday and watch every game in the country, with the exception of New Mexico State when they play at Hawaii for some godforsaken reason. You can't get it on the mainland. So, um, but other than that, you can watch you can watch Fordham play every Saturday 
if you want to be a Fordham fan. What a great time to be a Fordham fan. But Arch Manning, here we go. He's going to be in attendance for Ole Miss, Alabama. The only person that Lane Kiffin follows on Instagram is Arch Manning. Buy or sell, the winner of this game, getting a jolt in the recruitment of Arch Manning. Sell. Sell. That won't matter one iota. Yeah, I know you'd sell that. Yeah, it won't. Uh, His decisions will be much deeper than who wins a football game Saturday. I will predict this, though. Brace yourself Sunday. Alabama, Georgia, and Texas will now be the favorites, uh, according to the uh, paparazzi recruiting media uh, (laughs) that will uh, pick up on the fact there will be a photo of Arch in Bryant-Denny Stadium, and then all of a sudden Alabama's edging out Georgia and Texas. And just be patient because – when when he when it rolls around to the LSU game and he's here at Ole Miss, uh, the, Ole Miss will get the same benefit of the same bogus stories the Sunday after his visit. We saw that last weekend where all of these people who know absolutely nothing are out there rattling their cages that Arch Manning loves Georgia because he took an official visit. He's going to take five official visits. All right? This is nothing but speculation and clickbait that's all all the stuff i saw last week nothing had much substance to it steve wolfong actually with 24 7 probably did the best arch manning georgia follow-up story because he had talked to people in the family and close around him uh but but some of this stuff you saw you know they're writing a story around a photo look at him he's smiling (laughs) he's in a georgia hat he's going to georgia i mean you know, oh, I'm to I laugh. mean, it's, honestly, it's every kid fresh out of college uh, that's, uh, you know, writing for, you know, 50 cents a word for uh, these people, these some of these people who just, you know, curate all the stuff we do on the ground. That's clickbait, man. I mean, I was embarrassed to read some of that crap about Georgia and the fact that the family has a great relationship with Matt Luke and all that, that's what's going to make a difference. No, no. no. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm selling the winner of Ole Miss Alabama has any kind of edge, uh, uh, you know, in terms of um, Arch Manning's decision. It's not going to matter. You've been consistent when we talk about recruiting for the longest that one game doesn't matter. One game does not in any way impact a kid. Win or loss, everybody talks about that with in-state kids in the Egg Bowl. So-and-so is at the Egg Bowl and almost lost. What does that mean for so-and-so? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it does not mean anything. I mean, I'm telling you, I've gone through the recruitment with a kid, and and I learned a lot in terms of, um, you know, I think the biggest factor is, you know, which staff makes you feel most at home. And, uh, you know, then – proximity to home does a kid want to get away does he want to stay close what does the family want and the other thing i think that never matters that too much is always made of is that he's going to go where his buddy committed here so that gives this school an advantage no it doesn't does not i I mean this is this, this is a real life decision for that kid and that family and just because joe down the road went there they're not going to base their decision on that. Could it help? Maybe. But it's not a decisive factor. It's just not. Recruiting's about relationships. It's about relationships with those guys you think 
you're going to be playing for your entire career, which, you know, truth be known, you're probably not. Alabama's dominated the series 52-10-2 in 64 all-time meetings. They won 63-48 to last season in a game that was tied in the fourth quarter. You sometimes forget that because you look at the final score. Tied mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter. And Alabama's won each of the past five. The last win for Ole Miss came when? September 19th, 2015 in Tuscaloosa. The Chad Kelly doink Quincy Boy Joe touchdown game. Man, I want an Ole Miss win so bad Saturday. I don't mind saying it. I mean, you know, I could fate like I don't care, you know, but but good God, I mean, would that not be great for everybody? Think about what that sets up the next weekend with Arkansas. Think about what it sets up the rest of the season. I mean, think about in in this hundred and twenty something odd, thirty, maybe hundred and thirty now, years of Ole Miss football. There's never been a Heisman winner. Man, man, would that not just be a, a jewel in the crown right there? And, and, and you know, what this season could turn out to be if they win Saturday in Tuscaloosa. It's not the end of the world if they don't. We talked about that yesterday. Um, but I think it matters if they lose. I think it matters how they lose. Bradley South's football fix will not be this week. He won't return until the postgame show. Everybody keep – Brad and his family and your thoughts and prayers. They're going through a death in the family. Um, so no oh. Bradley Sal this week. He'll be back for the postgame show. Hoping to have Jalen Walton. If not, maybe another guest. And then Friday, every Friday, we're going to run a best of show with all the greatest things that happened over the course of the week of shows and talk of champions. So be on the lookout for that. He's David Johnson at Rebels247. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of 247 Sports. And if you haven't already, subscribe, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. And this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director, is coming up right now on the Modern Woman phone line. See you, buddy. Howdy, howdy, everybody. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current.
<laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. The Modern Woodman Phone Line. Cool, we'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel Sports. Modern Woodman, let's make a difference together. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joined now by Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director. Hey, buddy. Good morning. How are you, sir? I told you I'm not a morning person, Keith. I am struggling right now. Yeah, we'll we'll make sure that uh, all of our interviews in the future are, are after lunch. So I'll 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 uh, promise you that in the future. Have you always been a morning person? Yeah, I like getting up early. You know, I like getting up early and getting stuff done. And you know, I think once the kids come and you got to get them to school and do all that stuff, you know, you're kind of forced to do it anyway. But uh, I, I don't like sleeping sleeping a day away. That's for sure. You would think you'd be forced to. I've got two. Nine and five, and um, yeah, I, I still can't do the morning thing. I don't know how y'all do it. Have you always been that way? <laughs> oh no, 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 no. I think I think when I was younger, you know, on a Saturday morning that I was free, I could sleep until you know my parents came in and started yeah. banging pots and pans and all that stuff. But um, I guess as I've gotten older, just getting up early is, uh, is something I love to do. As Ole Miss athletics director, when does your day start? Um, I'm not sure it, it ends, honestly, you know, I mean, I, I think that it's, you know, there's always stuff that's going on and, and, you know, certainly stuff that's going through your brain 24 hours a day, but, you know, I get into the office on most days about seven 20. Um, and mm. you know, that gives me about 40 minutes to get emails done and return texts or do whatever I need to do before, you know, everybody gets here and, and we get rolling. But, uh, you know, this job, not just my job, but all, all of college athletics is, is, you know, 24 hours a day. I mean, you're, you're really never stopping. You're working weekends and, uh, and we love it. You know, that's what we love to do. And we, we love to be, be a part of this great industry, but, uh, it's, uh, it's time consuming for sure. Answer a bunch of emails and do a dumb podcast early in the morning. Say, I appreciate that. You know, give <laughs> well, me some you're, time. You're very welcome. Oh, Happy to do it. Thank you. How are you spending your Bama respect week? You know, I'm just getting ready. I'm getting ready. Uh, you know, I think having the having the off week was was great. Um, you know, the 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 bye weekends are very sacred in our in our business. So uh, I was able to spend some time with family and and uh, and recharge a little bit. But uh, hey, we're we're back at it. We know we've got a huge game, and um, certainly respecting Bama. You know, yes. we're going to make sure we do that. Got to do that. Uh, but we're we're also going to go in there and, and give them our best shot. And uh, I feel really good about it. What do you think about the early bye week? And does the school itself, do you in, in any way really have any say in when the bye week comes? You know, not really. Um, I mean, you know, with the with the non-conference scheduling, sometimes you can you can kind of hit it and, and get lucky. You know, like next year, we have all four of our non-conference games the first four weeks of the season. Mm-hmm. And then I think the bye week's a little later in the year, which is nice. But, you know, after, after three weeks is not an ideal time for a bye week. You know, you'd rather have five, six, seven games, you know, un, under – you know, on your belt before you, before you have that, because you're, you're going to be beat up. You're going to be banged up, you know, as you, as you get farther down the line. So, um, you know, and it'll be interesting, you know, normally that, that game, um, kind of before the egg bowl is, is a game that, you know, you can get a little rest, but obviously with Liberty coming in, that's going to be a a huge game. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how we kind of handle these, I guess, nine straight weeks of football, but, uh, I know coach Kiffin and, and the players will be ready. Y'all announced last week the 2022 schedule. What were you waiting on to finalize it and release it? Anything that you were putting the finishing touches on, so to speak? 
No, I mean, we've had it. You know, we've had our non-conference done for a, a long time. And then the SEC just has to you know, get all their models done and, and make sure that everybody, you know, fits into that equation. And uh, so we, we've known the schedule for, for several, several months. And uh, just the, the announcement, you know, last week from from the league. And, and obviously we followed up on that. But uh, really nothing we were waiting on at Ole Miss. It was just more of a, an SEC thing to make sure that, that they had everything in line. Well, 2022 is going to be a big, big year for Ole Miss football because in January – comes the Manning Center renovation. Um, when did y'all kind of settle on the designs that y'all came up with? Well, we're actually still doing some of that. Um, now we're, we're probably in the late stages of, of finishing up the design and, and, and all of those things. But uh, we actually had a, a meeting yesterday talking about some of the graphics and some of the different things that we're, we're going to do. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost the end of September here and, and our, you know, we're hoping to have all that finalized here over the next you know month, month and a half and, and be ready to, to roll in January. Um, so, you know, the hope is as soon as we kind of finish bowl prep and, and the team, you know, heads out to the bowl game that uh, we'll start, you know, getting, getting coaches offices out of there and, and, and doing a lot of different things and, and be ready to roll in, in January. But uh, we'll, we'll finalize those plans and working with coach Kiffin and the staff and, and making sure everyone's on the same page, but we're getting close. When you met with coach Kiffin about those plans and about what he was really looking for as far as improvements what did he kind of emphasize more than anything else? Prioritize, if you will. Yeah, I think weight room was number one. You know, I think before he got here, we were looking at a, a locker room renovation, um, and and we'll still do that. That will be a part of this uh, this renovation. But I think for him, when he when he kind of saw the direction we were heading with the locker room, I think he was like, "Hey, we we need to focus on the weight room." And so that's been the first priority. I think when it's all said and done, that the the new weight room will really be the kind of the uh, signature hole, if you will, for the building. I mean, it's going to be a really, really cool space and, uh, you know, lots of open air and, and lighting and, and different things that are going to make it really pop and sizzle. So uh, we're excited about that. And, and you know, obviously the locker room is going to be great. Uh, we'll, we'll change the programming around a little bit and, and basically just give the whole building a general overhaul with graphics and, and just bring it up to date. You know, it's, it's a great building. I mean, it's a functional building. Um, the, the folks that built it back in 2002, 2003 did a great job with it. Um, and now we're just going to enhance it. And so we're excited about that. But I think the weight room is what, uh, what coach Kiffin feels is, is the biggest priority. How challenging is it though? Because it seems like facilities and improving facilities is now an every other year kind of thing. Um, so how challenging does that become knowing that this is the big improvement and to bring it up to date but who knows, in a year, two years, three years' time, you're going to have to do something else and have to continually do that just to keep up with the times. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. I mean, we'll finish this in, I think, June of 2023. It's about an 18-month project. And probably, you know, six months after that, by the time we get to Christmas time in, in 23, uh, you know, there'll be things in the building that are, that are dated. You know, there'll be new, there'll be new projects out there. And, and you know, our coaches will be recruiting against something bigger and better and, and prettier and, and, and shinier and all those things. So, um, you know, I think what, what you got to do, Ben, is when you're, when you're designing, when you're building, uh, you've got to make sure that when you get, have a finished product, that then it's adaptable. You know, it's, you can go in, you can change graphics, you can bring things up to, up to date, you know, different things to kind of, you know, work it as you go. So that you don't have to go in and totally do, you know, reconstruction or, or enhancement, you know, six months, you know, 12 months down the road. Um, so we're, we're looking at those things in, in those spaces where we can do that. And, 
you know, obviously you're winning championships, you're doing different things. So you're going to be updating graphics and, and those type of things. But uh, obviously we're always watching. We're always seeing what else is out there. We're always seeing what might put us at a disadvantage from a recruiting standpoint. And so uh, I think this will be a, a really huge step to get us uh, not only back to where we need to be, but really take a step ahead. And then from there, we'll just have to make sure we're, we're keeping up and, and, uh, and moving it forward. This might be a stupid question because of the fog of the morning and my brain barely working, but where will the coaches and everybody operate that typically work every day in the Manning Center as that renovation is happening? Where will they be kind of working out of? Yeah, it's actually a really, really good question. Um, wow. Congratulations hey, for, thanks, for your for your morning for your morning fog question there. <laughs> well, awesome. um, so what we're looking at what we're what we're looking at doing, Ben, is is we are likely gonna move the coaching staff into our athletics administration building. Um, and, and we're going to move out. And so we're looking at a, a temporary space for us to get out. And like I said, it's about an 18 month project. So we'll be out of the office for a while, but it just, just didn't make sense to, to bring in trailers or try to move the coaches to another, another venue or those type of things. When, you know, we have this building here that can house really everything they need to do. It's right here you know, next to the stadium and, and gives them the opportunity to, to stay close to, to their facility and, and that type of thing. So we haven't worked out all the logistics and the details, but more than likely uh, they'll move into this building and we'll move somewhere else. Y'all have done this before. When I started actually working in sports, my first job was with Ole Miss Sports Information as an intern. And that was back when that building you're in now was being built and they were operating out of the old mall. So, hey, just move over to the old mall. Well, you, you're, you're, you joke, but we have looked at that option area over there. Um, but the other, the other one is, is the, is the old hospital, you know, out on, out on South Lamar, um, that could be an option as well. That's now owned by the university. So, you know, we may take a floor over there and, and move our administration folks over there for, for the time being, but yes, the mall, the hospital, uh, we're kind of looking at all options. Shout out to Kyle Campbell and formerly Daniel Snowden. The first job they made me do, they had all the media guys spread out in this huge area. I mean, all the media guys ever created at the mall. Like, hey, man, you need to start here and kind of organize them the way they're supposed to go. It, it was the most overwhelming thing we've ever done in my life. I said, okay, well, I'm never going to be able to work in sports. This is horrifying. All right, getting off topic here. I'm sorry. Um, a lot of discussion right now uh, about Lane Kiffin and Obviously, y'all have a great working relationship. You upped his salary. You've shown a commitment to him. But it hasn't stopped the Paul Feinbaums of the world. I'm not calling anybody out, but the constant, will Lane Kiffin leave? Will he ultimately whatever? When you hear that stuff, because you're human and you hear it, how do you respond to it? Yeah, you know, I think for for me, um, you know, you hear that stuff, and and you know, I knew I knew the day we hired Lane Kiffin, we were going to hear that every year. Yeah. You know, whatever jobs open up, we're going to hear it. And you know, some of that is because of you know a little bit of his his history and his past, and you know, maybe jumping from 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 a job or two, you know, from the Tennessee job or the UC, USC job, you know, that type of thing. Um, and part of it is because Ole Miss is kind of traditionally been that you know coaches have come here and they've moved on to other places or, or whatever so um you know for us though I think like you mentioned all we can do is make the commitment uh I think Lane and I do have a very good working relationship um I think he believes that we can win here uh, I think he knows that we're going to support him and we're going to resource him at a level that you know if we expect him to to, to win the west and go to Atlanta and, and get in the in the playoff we've got to resource him that way we've got to make sure that he's his salary is, is up to par. The assistant coaching pool is there. You know, the, the facilities, things that we're doing are, are supporting, you know, kind of our charge to him. So, um, you know, we're going to deal with it. We're going to work through it. 
Um, and, and is there a job out there that, that Lane might leave for at some point? Absolutely. You know, I think any, anybody, you know, could, could fall under that scenario, but at the same time, um, you know, we're going to do everything we can. I believe he's committed, you know, I think with what we're doing in recruiting with what he's doing with our program, you know, he, he believes we can win here. And I think as long as we continue to show that commitment, then he'll, he'll show that commitment back. So, you know, I think it's also important that, you know, as these, as these jobs open up and obviously the USC job, he opens really early this year. So there's, there's that talk all through the season. Normally these jobs don't open until the end of the year and you've got a little more time to kind of work through some of the stuff, but you know, Lane and I are always having conversations. We're always talking about the future here and, and, and what that looks like. And uh, we'll continue to do that, you know, all the way throughout the season. And, and hopefully by the end of the season, we'll be in a really good spot. The reason why I bring it up is not to start anything or get people riled up is because I feel like, you've made an emphasis of making Ole Miss a destination job of competing with anybody that pursues your head coaches. And Lane's just the biggest example, considering the name recognition, considering what he's done in short order at Ole Miss. And this job is not the same Ole Miss job that maybe it once was, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think you're exactly right. And and I think now with some of the resources we have through the, through the SEC and, um, you know, the things that we're doing here at Ole Miss with fundraising and, and different things. Like, I, I really don't think resources will be will be the reason Coach Kiffin would leave Ole Miss. You know, we're, we're, we're going to make sure that we show that commitment. And, um, and again, is there is there a job or two out there that, that maybe he would leave for? Sure. I mean, um, you know, I think any of us would, you know, would, would say that that might be the, the possibility in our careers or whatever. But um, I think he's committed. I think we're committed. I think we're in a really good spot, and uh, I feel good about about the future with with Coach Kiffin at Ole Miss. Did you anticipate the turnaround or Lane Kiffin being this quick? I, I didn't. I didn't, and and you know I, I'm not sure he did. You know, and and I'll be honest, Ben. You know, we're we're 12 in the country. We're three and zero. We got a great chance to go in and play well against Alabama. Um, but but you know, as Coach and I talk, we still got a lot of work to do. You know, we still got recruiting to do. We still got to build our roster. We got to get to where we have more depth. Um, you know, those type of things. So uh, I think I think with what they're able to do on the offensive side of the ball, it puts us in every game. But at the same time, we've got to continue to build our program and, and do those type of things. But yeah, to, to be number, you know, number 12 in the country in, in the second year, um, that's phenomenal. And that's a credit to him. That's a credit to our coaching staff. It's a credit to our young men uh, that are playing great football and, and focused right now. But uh, yeah, I think it probably, it, we're, we're probably a little ahead of schedule uh, which, you know, you're never, you're never uh, upset with that. You know, we're, we're happy to be where we are, but we just got to keep going. We'll get right back to Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director, in this edition of Talk of Champions after we hear from, among others, BNA Bank, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. When you hired him, this is kind of what you viewed, a guy that brought instant credibility, instant program juice, and turned things around quickly, that kind of stuff. And now you've seen the fans react in kind. You've seen a different atmosphere in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium from the students staying through rain delays and the atmosphere itself getting loud. Has that been, in a way, not validating necessarily for the hire that you made, but 
kind of what you envisioned. When you bring Lane Kiffin in, you bring him for what you've gotten so far, if not more than that, especially with the response from the fans. Yeah, you know, I wanted football to be fun. You know, I wanted it to be, I wanted people to come and enjoy it and, and feel like we have a chance every week to win and, um, you know, to, to have some credibility and be relevant again nationally, you know, and, and I think we're there. You know, I think we're certainly there. People are paying attention to what we're doing. And, you know, I know talking to Lane as he goes around, you know, he was down in Tampa for his dad's uh, induction into the, the ring of honor uh, for the Bucks, And, you know, he just, he told me that so many players that he talked to and, and former coaches and different things just talked about our program and how well we're doing and how, you know, what, what a great job that, you know, our, our players are doing and those type of things. And, and we are relevant again, which is really cool. And so I think that's what we wanted. You know, we wanted somebody to come in and, and galvanize and energize the fan base. You see that in Vaught Hemingway. Now we'll say this, we got a lot of tickets left for Arkansas and people need to buy them. Um, that's just about as blunt as I can say it. Like we need to have a sellout when, when they come in here next Saturday. So uh, I know coach Kiffin, the staff, the players, they're worried about Bama just as they should be. Um, but we're worried about selling out that first SEC home game. So uh, if you haven't bought tickets, buy tickets, come support the team. Let's, uh, let's make sure that the VHS is rocking, you know, when we play the Hogs. It's like you're reading my mind this morning. How far along are you with those Arkansas cells? <laughs> uh, we got about 10,000 left, uh, honestly. And, and we, we sold about 5,000 over the past probably 10 days or so. So they are moving. Um, but, you know, you think about it, you know, win or lose against Bama, Arkansas win or lose against Georgia, um, it's a big game. It's a huge game. I think Arkansas, you could say a lot of the same things about them that we were talking about us ahead of schedule you know, playing a lot of great football right now. Their their fan base is energized, and Coach Pittman has done a really good job for them. So uh, we need that advantage. We need to be full. Uh, we need to be loud. Uh, we're going to be on ESPN or CBS. We've got a great platform uh, for, for TV, for recruits to watch. Like, we need them to see a full stadium. Uh, you know, the party in the SIP that we've talked about, um, we, we need to have that uh, next Saturday when, uh, when, we play, when we play Arkansas. Of those 10,000, does that factor in Arkansas seating at all, or is that just what's for Ole Miss, left for Ole Miss? Well, it, that Arkansas only took 1,500 tickets initially. Mm. And so, you know, that, that leaves another 3,500 that kind of come back into our allotment, if you will. So the, that, that 10,000 does include that 3,500. Uh, but I'm assuming Arkansas, you know, they're probably buying some tickets now, too, with the success that they've had. So, they're picking up tickets on StubHub or, or online and, and those type of things. And so uh, we need to make sure that, that it's full, but it would be much more preferable if it was full of Ole Miss fans. So <laughs> we don't want the Hogs, you know, taking right. over our stadium. So if you've, uh, if you've got a chance to come, you know, come support and, and buy a ticket and, and uh, let's show Coach Kiffin and, and our team what, what they mean to us. This also might be a fog of brain kind of question here, but is 10,000 a big number if you're looking for a sellout? Yeah, I mean, I think it's more than you want, for sure. Um, now, it, it all basically boils down to the fact that, you know, we sold about 32,000 season tickets this year. We've we got to get that number up. You know, we've got to make sure that as we move forward that that number goes to 35 and 37 and 45. You know, we, we eventually sell out on a season ticket basis. But, you know, I think that we will we will sell a lot, I think, of the 10,000, you know, especially, you know, obviously if you win Saturday, uh, when we win Saturday against Alabama, you know, I think people uh, be are respectful, be, there. be respectful. Keith. I, I know, I know, I know that was borderline. That was borderline. Was right close. There. Uh, but you know, obviously winning, you know, winning helps all it cures all people want to follow a winner. We get that, but sometimes it's chicken or the egg. You, you got to support to win and, and you got to win to support. So uh, we need people there. And, you know, I'll be honest, it's, it's, uh, it's up to us. It's 
up to us as Rebel Nation to go in there and have the best home home field advantage we can to to help our team and um, you know, this could be a very special year. Let's all be a part of it. I'm curious if it's been challenging coming off the COVID year when everybody was at home that they kind of got used to watching games at home and bringing those people back into the stands. If that's been a big cause of really having a push to sell a game out or whatever it might be, like what, how challenging that part of it has been for you? Yeah, I think that's a huge challenge. And and I'll be honest, even before COVID, we were dealing with some of that. You know, now that every game's on TV, uh, people feel like, hey, I may not, I may not buy a season ticket because I may not come to all seven games. Um, and and you know they they do it and, and go that route. But since COVID, I, I do think you you've got a, another group of people that have said, hey, this is actually pretty neat to to watch the game from home or hunting camp or whatever that looks like. Um, and you've got some people, honestly, Ben, that are that are still worried about the virus, and, and that's certainly understandable. You know, I think we're going to deal with that, and, it, and certainly if you don't feel comfortable, then, then then don't come. We don't want you to be here if you if you don't feel comfortable. You're coming in the stadium, but uh, we got to continue to work our way back to that. And and I think with the success on the field, uh, that's going to play into it. And hopefully, we can you know slowly but surely get back to where we're we're selling the stadium out every game. Do you feel like the Walk of Champions, the Grove, all that kind of stuff, bringing it back? It's worked out. And is any of the stuff that you've implemented, like for example, the guardrails for the Walk of Champions, do you think any of that's here to stay? You know, I, one, I think it's worked out well. I mean, I think uh, that, that first home game, obviously I was excited about the game itself, but I, I think I was more excited for our folks just to be able to come back to Oxford, mm-hmm. go to the Grove and, yeah. you know, meet with family and friends. And you, know, you think about it, a lot of, a lot of Ole Miss um, alums and, and, and fans, you know, that's how they see their friends. Maybe two or three times a year they meet in the Grove and that's where they get to catch up and, and do those type of things. And when we didn't have that last year, um, it was just such a, such a bummer, you know? And so to, to see everybody back, I think the, the, the rails were good. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if they'll be there to stay or not for next year. I think certainly operationally it helps. It gets us through the Grove a little quicker. It gets us into the stadium. Uh, maybe we bring those rails in a little closer where you can do some high fives and different things next year. But um, it, it has worked, and um, you know I think that that it was certainly a nice kind of stopgap this year, uh, just to allow us to do the Walk of Champions, and we'll kind of evaluate where we go from there. Where did the DJ concept come from? Well, you know, you're always talking. You know, you talk about facilities earlier, how you're always kind of paying attention and, and trying to get better. Well, you know, the same thing with game atmosphere. You know, for us, we wanted to make sure that whatever we can do to to make sure that our game atmosphere is fun and exciting and and, you know, it's all about the students, really. You know, the, the, if the 10,000 students are there and they're loud and rowdy and they stay to the end of the game, it just helps the overall atmosphere of, of the game. And so uh, the DJ was an idea that we kind of talked about in the offseason and said, hey, let's give it a shot. You know, it, all, worst case scenario, if, if it's not good, we'll just pull it and, and try something else. But um, I think it's been great. You know, we've gotten a few complaints on, on the noise and, and how loud it is. And I think the second game, we worked on that a little bit and kind of brought the volume down. But, uh, you know, I, what's crazy is the DJ worked for like eight hours uh, the, the last home game <laughs> with, the, with the rain delay. And, I mean, he was mixing it up for literally like seven or eight hours. Oh. And so I don't know if we paid him a bonus or how if he's paid hourly. I'm not sure. But he earned every penny that day for sure. And, and the students were great and uh, a lot of fun. So I think the DJ's here to stay for a while. What about those other things you've implemented, like the on-field suites and stuff like that? Have they paid off the way you wanted them to? They really have. And again, you know, you had the first game, which, uh, you know, was a non-conference opponent. The second game, Tulane, we thought the crowd was going to be, you know, quite a bit bigger. And then you had the rain 
the rainstorm and all that. So I think for this Arkansas game, we'll really get a good test of what all that looks like. Uh, you know, obviously there's, there's revenue generation opportunities there, which is, which is great, but, but just the opportunity for people to, to go down there and enjoy that experience close to the field. You know, we've added the pyro, we've added a lot of different things that, um, you know, Paris Buchanan and his, his staff over in marketing have done a really, really nice job of, of bolstering the game day atmosphere. And I think coach Kiffin obviously has bolstered it with, with the team and, and the product on the field too. So I look forward to, uh, to these games down the stretch. As far as basketball and baseball and maybe implementing some things like football, not necessarily on field suites, but the DJ and the party and the sip, do you foresee any of that stuff taking in those other sports? Yeah. You know, I think, I think we will look at whatever works and, you know, I think in basketball with club red and, and the students being right down on the floor, I know they're so excited to be back this year, which, which will be great. Uh, but yeah, we might bring the DJ over there and implement that uh, there, you go. there. And, and obviously in, in right field and baseball, you know, there's probably an opportunity out there for, for that as well. So we'll, we'll take a look at all of that. Um, you know, I do think in football with the volume of it, it may work a little better than, than in basketball where you've only got 1,300 to 1,400 students down there. But, um, you know, we'll look at it and, and see what works. We always want our, our game day atmospheres to be, you know, top-notch and second to none. The online chatter right now that I'm seeing a lot of is coming up with a fourth-quarter hype song. Have you considered this? <laughs> well, you know, we, we, we play Friends in Low Places with Garth uh, Brooks. Uh. And, and so you're not a country guy. I, I am. Friend, I am. I'm from New Albany, Keith. I am. It's just. <laughs> I, I guess you're forced to be a country guy if you're from New Albany, kinda right? Kind of so. I mean, I've been uh, to kinda, like kinda three. Like, kind of like me. Yeah, I've been to like three or four Garth concerts. I love Garth. It's nothing against Garth. It's, I don't know. That's not a hype yeah. song for the fourth quarter. Right. Well, it's it's kind of a, the concept there was to get something that everybody knows and could sing along with. But yeah, I, I've heard that a little bit too. I've gotten some, some tweets and different things and. You know, um, with with Twitter, I, I don't really ever <laughs> respond to Twitter, but I certainly read it and, and hear what people send me. And uh, the the fourth quarter hype song has been has been one of those. So we'll continue to look at that. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. You know, with the DJ, we might we might be able to do some cool stuff. Under consideration, we can say that, right? Under consideration. Okay. okay. You do respond sometimes to Twitter because you say that you hear about the Tim Elko statue. Yeah, so that was um, that <laughs> during baseball. I was getting hit by that so much, and you know, I was, I was saying, a big I'm part of that, it. Keith. You know it. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. And so finally, you know, he he hits another home run, you know, <laughs> off of one leg, and just you know, like another moment, like the natural with the with the fireworks and the yep. lights going out or whatever. Yep. And I'm like, okay, I hear you. I hear you on the Elko statue, and I'm with you. So it's it's not forgotten. We 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 still we still are are kind of looking into that. But uh, shoot, I, I'm excited about another year with Tim Elko. We we may get some more Elko moments this yes, year. Yes, absolutely. You put out a video once you announced that the Manning Center renovation was going to start January 2022. You have Archie in it asking fans to step up again to the plate and give some money. So far, what's been the response? Well, it's been good. It's been really good. I mean, our our development folks are on the road. You know, every day I'm actually leaving right after this to go down to Jackson to, to spend a couple of days seeing donors and, and talking about stuff. So um, it's been good. Um, I think we've raised so far about 15 million toward the new campaign in the quiet phase. Um, we don't know the exact number of what that total is going to be. It's going to, as I mentioned many times, probably in the three to four hundred million dollar range. Uh, Manning Center's 40 million. So we're, we're well on our way on that. 
Uh, but it's been really good. And, you know, like I, I told our bosses, folks at a dinner the other night, you know, if, if Archie Manning says it's time at Ole Miss, then it's time. You know, I mean, that's that's all we need to know. So uh, we got to we got to step up. And uh, I know that our folks will. I feel like whenever you need to actually get somebody out there and pull Ole Miss fans and just get them going, call Archie, get Archie on the phone. We need Archie to come do a video. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I think that's been the model throughout yeah. the years. <laughs> Yeah, and it's worked. It's worked pretty well. So yeah. what? You know, don't don't uh, don't reinvent the wheel. So when's Eli's jersey getting retired? It's going to be for the LSU game, okay. and so we're we're really excited about that. Obviously, you know, really excited about what happened with him over the weekend with the Giants and getting his jersey retired there. And um, you know, we're we're pumped about about you know him coming here. He's going to be inducted in the M Club Hall of Fame that weekend as well. And so uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and um, you know, it's always fun when you get the Mannings in town. Yeah, but the LSU game. The last LSU memory I have with Eli, I don't want to go back there. Where were you in 2003? He actually mentioned it on the Money Mike Football broadcast on Monday. He sure did, among among some other things. Some other things. Night. Yes, he uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I was actually in Italy. I was in Italy, and uh, you're balling. My wife. Yeah, I was. I was in Italy playing basketball, and so you know, we're staying up late at night. And I remember my wife's sister. Uh, we, you know, back then the, the only way you could communicate really is with Skype. And so we had Skype and she called us on Skype. Um, and when we intercepted the ball at the beginning of that game, oh. I was actually live on and heard the crowd mm-hmm. going crazy when I don't remember who it was, but they Travis were Johnson. The, the beginning of the game. We're hearing 64,000 people going crazy over Skype in Italy at like, you know, time it was. Uh, but obviously, you know, did, didn't quite finish that one the way we wanted. But, man, what a what a great year that Eli had that year. This is Talk of Champions, and that voice you hear is Keith Carter, Ole Miss Athletics Director. You can follow me on Twitter, at Spirit Ben. Follow David Johnson, my co-host, at Rebels247. We both write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. If you haven't already, subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars in this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. So simply search Talk of Champions in iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, doesn't matter. Just search Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions is brought to you in part by Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. It's the most wonderful time of the year. No, it's not Christmas time. It's football season, specifically Ole Miss football season. You want to be there, right? In the Grove, in Vault Hemingway Stadium, cheering on the Rebels every single Saturday. The only way to do that is to make sure you're healthy, to take care of yourself, to have a pharmacy that you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there. Hands down, it's not close. So give Chaney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at chaneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Chaney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. What's your schedule looking like this fall? Don't answer that. I already know. Ole Miss football Saturdays, right? It's all back, and you're going to be there. Well, when you're making those trips, why not go in style? In the dream car, truck, or Jeep you've always wanted. 
Well, the only place to go for your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep is Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. They're going to get you into your dream car at a price point you can afford, and the process is going to be as seamless as possible. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now. I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in. Well, Alan Samuels has been with me the longest. I myself have bought a car from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, and there's no better car buying experience. Make sure to ask for Byron or Mason and tell them that Talk of Champions sent you so that you can take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. It's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. I was sitting on the 50 with my dad and my brothers, and when Travis caught that ball and went in, I had never heard up until that point Vaughn Hemingway Stadium so loud. Now, 2014, it got louder. Up until that point, it had never been louder before. That was absolutely Absolutely. Insane. Yeah, that was great. All right, a couple things, and then I'll let you go. I'm sorry I didn't mean to keep you so long, but it's early in the morning. You know, you've, you've got such a long day ahead of you, Keith. you got so much to do today. As far as baseball, after the summer, when Mike talked to LSU, what have been the conversations since? What have y'all talked about? How has that relationship been since that happened? Uh, it's great. My relationship with Mike is great. Um, you know, I think everything that happened during that period was very transparent and, you know, there was nothing that caught me off guard. And so um, it's great, you know, and I'll be honest, I, I haven't talked to Mike as much. Um, I, I talked to him last week and I felt like I needed to reintroduce myself to him. I've just been dealing <laughs> with football and, and so it's good. It's good. You know, I'm excited about the team, you know, obviously all the offense back and uh, we're going to score a lot of runs, got to figure out pitching a little bit, but um, you know, I'm excited about getting out there and watching them this fall and, and seeing what they have. But uh, relationship with Mike is really good. And softball, there was a plan to renovate softball and then it was kind of put on pause as you did the investigations and stuff. What was that process like? And I know that you aren't happy with some of the things I said on this podcast. I don't even know what I said, but you could have called me, by the way. But um, <laughs> that was put on pause. Where does that stand? And also, how did that process kind of work out? What was the work that y'all put in to get to the place you did where they were cleared? Yeah, well, and, and I wouldn't say that anything was ever paused. I mean, our, our plan is still to, to to renovate softball, you know, after this coming up season. Okay. And so we, we're, we're going to start kind of initial design and, and planning on that here very shortly. And so, you know, it really didn't slow us down any um, with the investigation and everything. So we'll, we'll still push forward with that. But, you know, it was, a, it was a tough time. It was a tough time for everyone, for our coaching staff, our student athletes. Um, you know, I felt like we did a very thorough investigation both um, internally through ath- athletics, our, our folks did, and then obviously Title IX on campus did as well. And, you know, found that, that we needed to move forward, you know, that we needed to, uh, to, to move forward with this staff and uh, support this staff and, and, and try to, you know, try to, to push forward. So, um, you know, we always will, will make sure that we're, we're paying attention when we, when we get those type of things. But, you know, I'll be honest, Ben, when, when the, the information comes in an anonymous packet, um, you know, it, it immediately gives you a little bit of pause from a standpoint of, you know, somebody's not gonna, you know, call me, come in my office, do those type of things and tell me it, it, it makes you a little leery of, of the source. And so, um, 
we, we did the investigation. We feel very comfortable about where we are right now and we'll move forward with Jamie and, and then staff. And, and I'm telling you this, this team has a chance to be really good again next year. So we're excited about that. Volleyball has been good. Soccer has been good. Feels like everything's operating pretty good right now. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, I think volleyball, they got a huge match tomorrow night against Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, that's I think number six or seven in the country here at home. And so we know we're going to have a great crowd for that. Try to remain undefeated soccer. Uh, had a great win Thursday night and a really tough loss, Arkansas, but playing really well and, uh, you know, has a chance to, to make a deep run in the tournament. Julia Johnson won a golf tournament. Uh, cross country, uh, we had a, a young lady that won uh, the, the the meet there in, in one of their last meets. So just a lot of really great things going on right now. And, uh, you know, the, the, the standard is high. You know, last year we finished uh, number 22 in the country in the Director's Cup, which was our highest ranking ever. And, you know, our goal is to finish higher than that this year. And so we're off to a great start, and hopefully we can uh, we can keep rolling. I feel like you're due a year where there's no investigations or headaches like that anymore. Just one year, just a one-year reprieve for you? Yeah, you know, it would be nice. It would be <laughs> nice. Um, you know, it, it was funny back when, um, you know, somebody asked me, you know, what, what do you do as an AD? And um, I was like, well, you, you do a lot, but you give speeches and you go to games. And you, you investigate. Know? So Well, and I was hoping I could take the investigate part out of it, you know, so I'd like to get back to giving speeches and and going to games. Uh, You know, people think that's all we do, but it's going to be okay. You know, we're going to push forward. We know these jobs are challenging. Uh, We've got a great staff here that that works hard every single day. We've got great student athletes that, that for the most part, and 99% of the time do the right thing every time. And we're we're excited about that. So uh, it would be nice just to have kind of a normal year. Uh, and, and go through just the, the normal you know, turmoil of being an AD and, and being an athletic department. But uh, we'll, we'll take whatever they give us and, and keep rolling. You've always been an optimistic person, a positive person, ever since I got to know you back when you were working in the old Tad Smith Coliseum office there. Do you feel more optimistic now than you did even when you got hired? Are you more optimistic at this point than you've ever been? I am. I am. You know, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I'm very bullish on our department, on our programs, our coaches, our student athletes. Um, you know, I, I think from that standpoint, I feel a whole lot better than I did, you know, maybe a couple of years ago um, and about where we can go. But I will say this, you know, the, the industry of college athletics is in a is in kind of a, a crossroads right now with with NIL, with transfer portal, with Austin case, with, you know, just a lot of kind of heavy national topics going on right now. So, uh, it's going to be interesting, and, and it's going to be our our job. The thing we're going to be focused on is navigating those waters. Um, you know, we, we're going to win games. Our coaches and student athletes are going to do great stuff, but you know, these other headwinds and, and the things that we've got to navigate are going to be challenging, and we've got to be you know on the forefront of that as well. So uh, you kind of you kind of put one challenge away and, and, and get ready for the next one. But uh, we'll we'll be ready to do that. How has the NIL stuff worked out so far? Because y'all had a plan and y'all implemented it early. How's it gone? I think it's gone well. Um, I think our student athletes are up to about 160 transactions overall right now, uh, which is which is good. And and we feel like the program that we put in is, is helping them and giving them the resources they need. Um, you know, I think the thing that we're looking at now, Ben, is uh, you know trying to be proactive in the space from a standpoint of uh, we may not have as many resources as Austin, Texas, or Knoxville, Tennessee, or, or Gainesville, Florida. Here in Oxford, so we've got to make sure we're being proactive and creative in the space. And so our folks internally are, are looking at all of that and, and seeing ways where we might be able to, you know, to make up some of that and bridge that gap a little bit with some of these bigger markets. So 
uh, that's kind of our, our current charge, and, and that's what we're working on right now. Blue Delta Jeans, with sponsors the Talk of Champions postgame show, stepped up to the plate with an NIL deal with the Ole Miss football team. To have Blue Delta step up like that, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I thought it was really cool. And, and to be honest, you know, we, we kind of helped put Blue Delta together with the players and giving them that option with the jeans. And, um, and then they kind of ran with it from there. And, and again, that's where we're trying to figure out, you know, with our state law here in Mississippi, you know, what we can and what we can't do. And, and I felt like that deal was just a fantastic deal Absolutely. Uh, for, for, for both parties. You know, I thought it was great for Blue Delta. It gives them a lot of notoriety and recognition in that space. And then, you know, for our young men, you know, to get a great pair of jeans and, and have the opportunity to, you know, make some money off of referrals and those type of things. I, I think it's fantastic. So, um, you know, we, we're hoping for more of that, you know, we're hoping more people will step up and, you know, whether it's for football or basketball or all of our sports, you know, I think that that's, that's something we're looking at too. We'd love for all of our student athletes to have the opportunity to, you know, to, to, to prosper in this space as well. But, you know, Nick and his team and Matt Mossberg and, and all those folks, they did a, a great job with that deal and, and hope there'll be more to come. Anything I really missed out on any other projects that you're working on that you need to tell me about? Ben, I think we covered everything possible in old athletics today. Except, you know? I'm except. Not, I'm, not, I'm not sure you missed anything. Fluffy Shark. <laughs> you were surprised yeah, the last I time we, I talked to you in the spring. You're like, wait a second. We got a Fluffy Shark now? He's fluffier. I, I thought the I thought the, the podcast had gone really well until this moment, Ben. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I, thought we were, I thought we were really rolling along and, you know, things that we'd hit everything just right. And, man, we just, we just crashed here. At the end, so. <gasps> Good. Good. It's better this way. Okay, what did I say during the softball stuff that made you mad? Bust me out. Well, I just I just thought you were a little um a little over the top and sensationalized right. it a little bit without without knowing a lot of the facts. That's fair. And so that's where that's where and I, I get it. You know, I understand that that's that's part of, of your job is to to get listeners and, and to do those type of things, but I guess in, in the, the part of being the AD that's hard sometimes is when you do know a lot of the inside information and you're hearing stuff out there that you know is not necessarily the right thing. You know, it's hard when you can't go tell that person or tell that entity, hey, you, you got some bad facts here, you know, or that type oh, of thing. Oh, I had so, no facts, um, Keith. I, I was just completely responding <laughs> to what was happening. I fully acknowledge that. Sensationalizing, I don't really agree with that so much as – I'm reacting like a fan would, and I shouldn't do that because yeah. my job is to cover Ole Miss. It's just funny because David covers softball. I had no clue what was going on. So my first thought was, God, another investigation into a Title IX sport. What happened the last time that happened, right? Women's mm -hmm. basketball led That's to right. this colonoscopy for Ole Miss football for six years that was a nightmare. So that was where my whole thought process was coming from. It wasn't intentional. I'm not apologizing for yeah. it, but it wasn't intentional. Well, we're, we're all good. And, you know, the, the thing about this one, and, and I, I got I got the vibe a little bit that, hey, you know, is this going to open us up for another, you know, NCAA investigation? And really, there was there was not anything in this one at all that that was violation related or you know, NCAA related. It was more the Title IX piece, you know, and, and, and some internal investigations we had with the culture of the program. So we were never worried about an NCAA probe or them coming in here or anything like that, but certainly wanted to make sure that we we did the investigation and got to the bottom Still of it. Still don't know what I said. I think all I said was just, hey, softball, chill out. But okay, you know. Well, you, you, you might need to go back and just listen. Okay. Just, just just say, you know, there's a few things in there that you were pretty matter-of-fact about that just they weren't, they right. weren't necessarily matter-of-fact. Okay. So we're all okay. good, though, Ben. We're well, I will forward. say this. I'm I will say this. You know me a long time. Over the top is a good way of putting it.
You know, I fully, I fully acknowledge that's a flaw of mine. I'm over the top. All I want to know is next time, call me. Just call you me up. You got it. You okay. got it. All right. You got it. He's sounds, Keith sounds Carter. Oh, Miss Athletic Director. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, Ben. Enjoyed it as always. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.